podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. back everybody it's time for the Anfield rant as always I'm your host Armando Angulo today joining me I have Anfield Index contributor Mark Roberts we're going to discuss the Reds uh the tricky fixture against Crystal Palace how massive those three points were and we're also going to discuss a little bit of the running here going forward Mark how you doing man I'm good mate I'm good how are you uh, I can't complain too much man three points are three points so I'm pretty satisfied yeah, definitely. Vital win today. Trickier game than I perhaps expected, but yeah, got over the line, thankfully. Crystal Palace seems to give us a, a bit of a hard time, and Roy Hodgson just won't go away. Uh, I think he's a thorn in everyone's side. Uh, nobody really... I, I haven't come across a Liverpool fan that has too many nice things to say about Roy Hodgson, and today is another reason why I hate the man. Yeah, I'm sure I read on Twitter today that and before today we hadn't scored a goal at Anfield against one of his teams or something crazy like that. It was it's bizarre how how well they play against us. It's it's frustrating and annoying and yeah, the Hodge just needs to do one disappear. He's old enough now, he should retire and just leave us all alone. <laughs> if only we were all so lucky, my man. But yeah, we we won thankfully, so hopefully that'll shut him up for now. Yeah, man. I mean, let's jump into the match and let's get into that a little bit. Um, you know, it was a pretty stale first first half for us, uh, having to having to deal with um, conceding a goal, not really looking like there was much penetration, not looking very. I think we looked a little lackadaisical, and 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 it cost us in that first half. Uh, what are your thoughts on the first half? It was sort of similar to the way we started against Brighton last week, wasn't it? We had we had all the ball, but weren't really creating any chances, and we're just sort of waiting for them to make a mistake to give us an opening rather than trying to force an opening and create anything ourselves, really. It was a bit, just get on with it and, and try and make something happen rather than wait for them. I don't think they're going to give us an opportunity. This is a Hodgson team. They're well-drilled. They, they've come here to do what they did in the first half, just sit 10 men behind the ball and try and hit us on the counter, get the goal up. And thankfully, they couldn't defend that. But at half time it was perfect game plan for Hodge and it was very frustrating from our point of view we didn't really create much there was a couple of headers from corners that were over the bar and a couple of 50-50s like a handball could have gone our way and the stupid idiot John Moss gives it the other way but <laughs> the, I was just watching it back just before we started recording the way they beat our press that was like a Barcelona team almost it was fantastic play by them to, to give them the credit the way they beat the press and then hit us on the break. And when you've got a, a player as good as Zaha, as fast as he is, as tricky as he is up against a, a makeshift third, fourth choice right back, it's going to happen, isn't it? It was the fear we all had before the game and Townsend couldn't really miss from, from where he had the ball. Yeah, you know what, you to, to touch on the press, it, it, it was a little frustrating for me to watch for the simple fact that uh, we were getting there in packs and in numbers, but... <sighs> 
if you either got to win the ball or you got to foul the man and not let him get the ball, release the ball into space. And I think we failed far too often to either win the ball or to foul the man. And they got the ball in space quite a few times. And that was a little bit frustrating for me. What you've just summed up there is basically Fernandinho, isn't it? He either wins the ball or he takes the man out. And he takes the man out in a calculated way where he doesn't really get booked anywhere near as often as he should do because of the position he's in on the field, because of how good he is at fouling, because he's a nice guy, whatever the reason. We're all frustrated. He doesn't get as many cards as he should do, but he does the job. And that's what we didn't do today. You summed it up. We'd, yeah, take the ball or take the man. Absolutely, man. And then and I think today, you know, we were lacking a little bit of creativity, especially in that first half. Nabby Kate on the left. I don't know how many times we have to see it to finally, you know, just throw it in the bin and say it doesn't work. Uh, the few glimpses that we've seen positives of Nabby this season have come in the middle. Uh, his past success has come through the middle. He just looks lost out there. We, we, you throw Nabby Kate on the wing and he's just Adam Lalana. Yeah, he's not a winger. I think arguably one of his better games was, was the Palace away game where we all remember that sort of dink and turn he did and ran with the ball. And that was when he was in. We were playing the, the midfield three. He was playing with Wijnaldum and Milner. I think that he started the first three, four games and he was looking good. And it's been a bit disrupted since then through injury or through not being selected. But then, as you say, when you do select him, why, why disrupt him and the team to put him in a position he's not really played before and he's clearly not comfortable in it's you're disrupting the team and you're disrupting him. It just doesn't seem to make sense, really. It's it's baffling, really, isn't it, to play him where you are playing. As you say, go back to the to the three and play the three up front and with Mo on the right, Bobby in the middle and Marnie on the left and, and play a fat three. But to continue that 4 2 3 it's he isn't left or right. If you're playing the 4 2 3 he should be in Bobby's role and Bobby up front and Mo on the right. That would almost work better for me. No, I, I tend to agree with that. Or or play him in the middle in a three, play Shaq. And, and at halftime, I think that's the move I wanted. I wanted him to play in the three in the middle, get Shaq on the left, or, or and and get Henderson out of the game. I think Henderson, sometimes we try to shoehorn him in there, but he's not really contributing all too much. I'm not saying that he was necessarily terrible today, uh, but I think when, when you need some creativity, when you need to break down a defense like a, a well-drilled Roy Hodgson team, you need a little bit of creativity, a little bit of individuality, and, and Nabby gives you that. We've seen those those moments of of brilliance, those glimpses. And, and Jordan Henderson just doesn't do it. Uh, so it was a little frustrating to not see a change at half there. Yeah, I think, again, without jumping too far ahead of ourselves, this is you almost realise how good Wijnaldum's been today when he's not playing. And just having the difference if he was playing today. And again, I, I thought Henderson had an all right game today, to be honest. He was certainly not one of our worst players. But I think if you had Wijnaldum there... It, Again, it's a different game. It's a different midfield performance. And maybe then you could have played Naby in a different role if you had uh, Wijnaldum in instead of Henderson, maybe. But it's a bit of ifs, buts, maybes, really, isn't it? It was what it was. And he didn't shine himself in any glory, really, Naby. But it's hard to point the finger at him. He's doing the job he's been asked to do. But for me and you, it's, it's the wrong job, really, he's been asked to do. But... Yeah, it's it's just a head scratcher, really, isn't it? It's, on one hand, you want him to get minutes and to try and get up to speed because you know the capabilities of the player are there. You, you've seen it for Leipzig. You, the talent is there, even the way he started the season for us. But 
he was a passenger today, really, and then it seems to have a detrimental effect on on the rest of the team as well. So if you're going to go for that formation, you play him in the two or uh, push play him as the ten, but not out wide on the wing. It's he just doesn't give you the same that we have when Mane's on one side and Shaq's on the other side. You lose something by playing in there. You want him to gain confidence and you want him to succeed and you want to put him in positions where he can get the minutes, like you said, and get comfortable, but, but not out there. It's just, you're, if anything, it goes against, it's negative effect on his confidence. It's a negative effect on his performances. It's just really, it's a head scratcher. It's a head scratcher for me. I know that we're, we might be lacking bodies, but Shaq's a better fit there if you want to play somebody out wide. Uh, there was a lot of things that, I don't know. I was a little bit of it was a little bit of a head scratcher today uh, to start the game. But but let's move on to the second half. It was a bit of a different story, you know. Right off the bat, Mo scores a goal on a deflected ball from uh, from Virgil, and and there you go. I mean, it was it was wonderful. It was a wonderful finish. I don't know if that's what he intended to do, but it was nice. No, I think I think again, just just him being there, his presence had terrified Spironi and. Just a touch on it and changing the flight of the ball completely flat footed him. He didn't know which way to turn, which way to move, and he got a touch. It was a very well taken goal to control the ball like that and keep it on target. I think it just, because I say, completely flat footed Spironi. It was a striker's goal, and one you've come to expect now when Moe's fully found his form again and he's scoring a bucket load of goals again, and that can only be good for us. And a great way was it 46 seconds, I think it took, and just, just, just the start you needed for the second half it, and the whole atmosphere changed that you could hear then in the ground. The crowd were on side and Crystal Palace looked shell shock and it didn't take long for the second one to arrive, thankfully. No, it didn't. And Bobby, you know, it's good to see him scoring again. It's good to hear uh, the cop singing his name and singing his song. And it's always, you know, when Bobby scores, you know that everything's sticking, everything's in full flow. Uh, so that was always, that was really nice to see. Like you said, Moe's really coming into his own again this season. He always seems to get a little bit of a slow start after the World Cup this year. He was probably a little leggy, uh, but uh, he's looking great. He's looking great. And we're really starting to see... Uh, a little bit of the attack of last season, um, you know, and on the other end, we have Mane, who's a little bit more frustrating. He gets t- opportunity and opportunity and opportunity, and he, he, he doesn't make the most of his chances all the time. Today, he got a goal. It took him probably 10 shots on frame, but he, he got himself a goal. Uh, but for me, he's still vital. He's still crucial. The positions he gets himself in, uh, his pace, the way he stretches defensive, uh, it's a little bit frustrating to see in social media and to see online people slating or sliding uh, Sadio Mane. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's, he, he is the most, I would say, the most inconsistent of the front three, and it is frustrating. And if if it, if Butter maybe again, isn't it? If it's a different result today, if it's 3 3, 4 all, 2 or whatever, he's going to get a lot more slated than he has done. Thankfully, he has got the goal, but there was a couple of occasions where he really, really should have scored or should have passed, I think mainly to Mo, I think there was one to Bobby as well to, to create. And you do get frustrated with him, but, but then he is capable of that. That was a very well-taken goal, a very good finish. And again, let's, let's not forget, he started the game on the right. He shifted over to the left when Shaq's come on. And he is a very, very useful player. He's a very good player. He's one I would still keep playing. I think he still warrants his place in the starting lineup, the same as you have seen on social media that, he should be dropped for one, who for? Because we're not in abundance of replacements for him that can do the job that he does. 
and just hope that that goal at the end has given his confidence a big boost and he goes on one of those runs he's t- that's tended to happen in the last couple of years he's been with us. He's had this sort of dry spell for a few games and then he's got a goal and then gone on a run where he's scored five or six in four games and that's, you just hope that that's coming again now. Yeah, he does tend to be a little bit of a streaky streaky player and he does get hot and, and, and have runs where he's he's pretty untouchable and he can carry a team, to be quite honest. We saw that prior to even joining us. We saw that at Southampton where he'd go on these really, really hot streaks and then he'd go on these barren runs. Luckily for us, these barren runs don't seem to affect us as much because we have the likes of Mo and, and Bobby up there. But I think, uh, you know... We made some changes in, in the second half tactically. I think the pressing was still there, but we were doing a lot more to win the ball. I think, uh, like you said, the, it's, it's you, you see the mentality of the team. You see how special this team is now, Mark. Uh, last year, two years ago, we don't win this game. There's no way. Definitely not. The confidence. And I think the crowd is starting to to get the belief as well. I think the commentary I, on the stream I was watching was saying... The players seem very calm, very relaxed. There's a plan. I think the crowd a couple of years ago would have been a lot more anxious, a lot more tense. You just get the feeling now that they have it. They have a lot of belief in the in the team. Like Klopp said when he came, he wanted to turn us from doubters to believers. I think he is certainly on the way to doing that. And even when they got back to two all, there wasn't a rush, there wasn't a panic. We just kept playing our game and kept thinking that we would carve something out we would create something and again from from watching today the crowd didn't seem to be getting on anybody's back there wasn't the moans and groans perhaps you would have heard a couple of years ago and they understand that there's no rush these things take time and this team is very very good and they are capable of getting over the line and and we got over the line again and do you think the more results and performances like this will only make that belief stronger no, absolutely. It can only breed more confidence, and these guys really are playing uh, with some cohesiveness and some camaraderie that I don't think we've seen in quite some time from a Liverpool side. Uh, Mark, uh, let's touch on stopgap players right now. James Milner playing right back. It, it wasn't pretty. I mean, James Milner's always going to give you 100%. He's going to give you the effort. He's going to give you all the things, but you, you saw him struggle today. You saw him two yellows, the red. That's just because he's out of position. That's just because he's uncomfortable. That's just because that's not, you know, a typical James Milner performance, but unfortunately due to circumstance, due to injuries, due to the loan of Klein, which I, I'm sure we'll touch on a little bit here, uh, it was a necessity. And luckily it, it was enough to get us over the line. Hopefully we can get healthy in the next 10, 10 or so days uh, before we our next match and, and, and see a natural right back in there. But what are your thoughts on James Milner's performance? What are your thoughts on, on the selection of James Milner in that spot? It, I'll be honest, it, it would have been him that I would have chose before the game in the position that we're in. Say so with Trent being injured, Gomez being injured, Klein being loaned out. I think for for the caliber of player he was up against in Zahar, who is he is a good player. He's very fast. He's very direct. You would rather somebody that's been there done it rather than chucking Camacho. That would be my opinion. It's not ideal. He was going to get beaten once or twice. You would just hope then that the cover would be there. I think again for their first goal, Matt it was slightly further back than the line and. Again, if that was his second or third game back or Gomez was there, it probably would have been flagged for offside. There wasn't that cohesion there with the back four. It was two new players in a back four, really, because Matip's been out for the last few games. 
I think we have left ourselves short there. It's it's unfortunate that Trent and Gomez are both injured at the same time. But saying that, I wouldn't particularly want Gomez to play right back anyway. I think he should be playing centre-back and centre-back only. So I can't really understand the logic behind sending Klein out alone. He didn't appear to be kicking up a stink and a storm about not playing regularly. He got a few games. I think the game against United he played, he played well in. He'd been getting a few minutes even coming on at left back. I thought he was a, it would be worth keeping him for the last five, six months of this season just to have that option there. I think we have left ourselves short there and we don't really want stop gaps playing. And it showed today that he wasn't a right back and that was, it could have cost us. It didn't, thankfully, because the front three bailed us out today. The defensive bailed us out numerous times this season, but. It's not a situation you want to be going into long term. You just hope with the gap we've got with the being out both domestic cups that Trent will be back for the next game and we're not relying on him to play right back again. No, I agree. I think the two yellows, the only positive that I took from that is that we're not going to have to see that uh, in the next matchup for ourselves. You know what I mean? It's just, One way or another, there has to be another option. Uh, so, But ultimately, I, like I said, I, I, I give him fair dues. He did, he did. He put in the shift. He put in an effort. He did all the things he needed to do. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but it got us over the line, and it was enough, fortunately for us. You, you know, we mentioned... The amount of time we have between games, about 10 days, uh, in that time, Man City will be playing tomorrow uh, against Huddersfield. They they got Burton uh, in the League Cup, Burnley in the FA Cup, then Newcastle before we play again. Uh, what are your thoughts and who benefits more? Do you think the rest will serve us good? I think obviously with the injuries, it's going to be quite obvious, I think, what your answer is going to be. But are you, are you of the mind that staying consistently playing and, and being in form like Man City's going to be is going to benefit them? I think for, for now, for our situation, it's definitely beneficial to be out. So the injuries are mounting. Trent's out, Gomez is out, Lovren's still out, Matip could probably do with a break after being out and playing again. When Alden was injured today, Fabinho's got injured today. We don't know the severity of that. You would hope with that rest, at least two of them would be back for the Leicester game. It's difficult, isn't it? City, Burton, they've got a 9-0 lead. Let's be honest, that's going to be the kids. But saying that, Pep doesn't really tend to just go with the kids. He is going to still play one or two of the the regulars and one or two of the fringe players. But let's be honest, their fringe players are still very, very good players, aren't they? They've got the most expensive squad ever assembled. So they're, they're going to be. And again, Burnley, they, they could have had a trickier FA Cup tie, but it's still a trophy. It's a trophy I want to win, so we won't go as weak as he could do. He will still play a few. As I think that for now, the break definitely benefits us, but in years gone by or in seasons gone by, I think the regularity of games helps as well. And You ask players, they, they want to play rather than train. You want to breed a winning mentality and you ask them tonight, they've gone and won that game. I'm sure they'd want to play again tomorrow or Monday, but the the statisticians, the fitness guys will tell you how important the rest days are and Simon Brundish is fantastic with that and I think with our small squad and the injuries we've got now, it's only a blessing in disguise that we do have these breaks and we use them wisely, get, get players back to full fitness and we can go as strong as we can in all the league games. Yeah, no, we have to be... I mean, we, we, we it's beneficial. We lucked out uh, to get knocked out of those 
cups, like you said. It, it's been very. That's, it's it's you, just. Lucky. You think if we were playing the FA Cup next week, who who could we even play as? We throw the kids out there now, again. Really? Yeah, we throw the but, kids out there again. You're locked now, but we've only really got two fit centre off. So who are you playing? You're playing Hoover again, maybe with, well, Fabino played there, but now he's injured. Camacho at right back. You're running out of bodies, really, aren't you? Lalana maybe would benefit from a few minutes. You wouldn't want the front three. Virgil, even Henderson now is is becoming a a very important player because when Alderman and Fabino were injured, Cater could possibly benefit with minutes, but. The positives of not playing far outweigh the few positives that if we did have a game, without a doubt, without a doubt, and just the you know the the more minutes you play, the more potential for injury, the more chance there is for one of our crucial players to get injured, injured, and we have enough of that going on. So this this is definitely an ideal situation down the stretch for this title run. Uh, definitely, at least I wouldn't say either of us would class him as a, as a key vital player in the grand scheme of things but that's what happened with Lovren he wasn't supposed to be playing that FA Cup game but injury somewhere else made he played and and then we were a centre-back short and then for the next league game we had to play for Bina and again it worked well we had a clean sheet and we won but that could have been that could have been as costly as playing Milner right back today and in the centre-half you think that could have been more more damaging so yeah not not playing for me is definitely for this season for the situation we're in I definitely rather the weekend off next weekend. Yeah, you touched on Fabinho and his versatility, and then we've seen him. I guess we could deputize him at right back uh, if Trent's not ready. Uh, he's, he plays there for Brazil. He's played there in the past. Uh, but how excellent has he been in the last few uh, games? How excellent has was he again today? I mean, Fabinho has been, for us, the signing of the offseason. I know Shaq... Uh, has been phenomenal as well for the amount of money that we spent on him. He's been arguably, he could be in that conversation, but the way that, that the way that Fabinho just destroys and cleans up in the middle of that park is something we've really been missing for a long time. Oh, he's been, he's been brilliant for me since, since he played really the only questionable game you've seen really was the Arsenal away game. And even then I, I thought he played reasonably well. I don't think he had anywhere near, the performance that some people were, were saying he had, he's been fantastic in the midfield. And I think the other players play better when he's there. They have the confidence in him. He seems to have built a strong relationship up with Virgil behind him already and, and the boys in front of him. He just seems so much more progressive with his passing. When he has the ball, he receives it facing the right way and turns and keeps us moving. And I don't want to turn into a Hendo Bastion because he's all right, Henderson, but... He just seems to take touches for the sake of taking touches and want to be involved in the game. You don't seem to have that with Fabino. He's there when you need him to be there. But when you don't, he's not getting in anybody's way. He's not disrupting plays, not disrupting patterns. I think it was very, very strange and costly that he didn't start the Man City away game and we went back to that. <sighs> that midfield three that just shouldn't start. The three of them shouldn't start together. And again, much as I said with Wijnaldum, when he's not there today, you notice him. I think that's evident now with Fabino When he came on against City, the team changed, the performance changed, and we got more into the game. And so for me now, he, he's number one midfielder on, on the team sheet, on fitness, on form. He should be the first name on the team sheet and build the rest of the midfield around him. Uh, I can't disagree with you. I think him and him and Ginny Wijnaldum are the two 
two of the first names on the team sheet for Klopp. I mean, uh, the way they drive that midfield, the way that uh, they cover the space and, and, and fill the gaps, and they're just really intelligent players, and you can see that. They, they're always one step ahead. They always got their head up. They can each pick a pass. They can dribble. They are just really vital midfielders, and they could do a little bit of everything, and that's 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 rare uh, to have a two that can do a little bit of everything like that. Definitely, and if, if we are sticking with this four-two-three-one, the two there are almost as important as the two centre backs. And much as Klopp seems to change his midfield the most, the front three always play. Robertson always plays. Virgil always plays. More often than not, Trent will play, and it seems to be more often than not, Gomez was playing. The midfield seems to be where he makes the most changes, and you can sort of understand that because that's where the most running is done and the most impact he's had but I think you say when 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 Alden and Fabino play their chemistry their understanding seems to be the best when one sort of goes the other one drops they understand each other's game they both seem just as comfortable playing the deeper role and the more advanced role and the whole team seems to function better when it's those two as you say if you were playing a, a Champions League final tomorrow that would be my two that I would go with if it went with a 4-2-3-1 it would be Fabino and Wijnaldum and then the front four from there. I would have to agree with that, man. It just gives us a little bit of dynamism in the midfield that uh, not a lot of clubs have. Uh, Mark, I want to touch on a few more things. We've seen uh, a lot of the key players on our team start uh, to get long-term contracts. I think everybody's pretty much wrapped up except Ginny. Uh, This week we took care of Robertson and we took care of uh, Trent, which is probably arguably the best fullback duo uh, in Europe, if not the world. I mean, what are your thoughts on how Liverpool are building, what Mark Edwards is doing, what the front office is doing, and and how exciting is it to be a Red? It's fantastic, isn't it? We all seem to be pulling in the same direction at the moment. The manager, the players, the board, the fans all seem to be singing on the same hymn sheet. And we all know, let's not kid ourselves, that there's no loyalty in football anymore. And it's just good that they are all all on long-term contracts. So even, let's hope that none of them do, but even if one of them was to want to go, we're going to be handsomely rewarded because they are all very, very good players. They're all of the right age. So if anybody does want to come sniffing around, they are going to have to pay big, big bucks to get these boys away from us. And that's the way it should be. We're protecting our assets. We've got a very good core team there. And as you say, other than Ginny, they are all pretty much now tied down to long-term contracts. And hopefully they can stay for the entirety of those contracts, build and grow together and put a few trophies in the cabinet along the way. I think that's the key. I think you start putting those trophies in the cabinet and there's no reason why these these young players, these these great players that we have, are going to want to even uh, go anywhere else to play. If we can deliver and we can do the things, uh, if we can just deliver on the trajectory that we're on, I think that we're going to be in good shape for a long time going forward. Like you said, there's no release clause, so we're going to have to, on any of these contracts, so we're going to have to get rewarded handsomely. Uh, I, I Just right now, like you said, we're just moving in the same direction. There's so much cohesion. You're not hearing any grumblings. You're not hearing any uh, anything sour coming out of camp. You're not hearing any rumors, any anything. I mean, even with Klein moving, you said it yourself. There hasn't, there wasn't grumblings of him being unhappy that he wasn't getting playing time. It's just been tight-lipped, and all systems go straight ahead. It's great, isn't it? It is great that it's. Even silly things that you don't really see the team leaked on Twitter anymore. 
like you used to. It used to be the day before, the night before, even a couple of days before people were getting the team on Twitter. All seems to be stopped now. It all seems to be in-house, and that's great. And there, there must be some frustrations there, as you say, from Klein, from Sturridge, Shalanki. There must be a bit there that they're not getting the minutes they want. They all want to play, let's be honest. So Klopp's obviously doing a very good job to keep them happy, keep them on side, and they're getting minutes as and when he can, but if, as you say, there's no negative noises coming out from the club, and that's I can't really remember that happening since I've been a Liverpool fan, so it's great, and long may that continue. Going forward, what's your perspective? How are you feeling? Are you nervous? Do you think, are you feeling confident? Do you think that this is finally the year that we can do something special in the league? I'm hoping so. Still nervous, as I'm sure the majority of Liverpool fans are. It's been so long since we won the league, but you just think little. And there's a lot of decisions we didn't get today, don't get me wrong. Say they they had a handball in the box that wasn't given. It was given that Marnie had handballed it. Mo, to me, should have had a penalty. It was fouled that wasn't given. But then you just look at the luck we had with a goal against Everton. Any excuse to mention that again on a podcast. <laughs> uh, the way it bounced to Mo today, the deflection from... Bobby to go in, you just think, are all these are all the stars starting to align and it's going to be, but we've been burned before, haven't you, so until until it's mathematically ours, you don't want to count your chickens, but we are looking strong at the moment and it was, it's not nitpick a little bit, it was disappointing to concede three today after having such a solid defensive record at Anfield all year, but we still got the three points it's, City have got the easiest game they could have tomorrow, let's be honest. That's going to be a cakewalk, but it is still seven points clear and they must be thinking the same, that look at that game and think they beat us, Palace beat us at home a few weeks ago. They've got a makeshift right back in there. They've got a makeshift centre-back. The massive hasn't played for a while. You never know, maybe even if they got a draw there. So it must be deflating for them that we just keep going and keep winning and hopefully the pressure's on that. It would just be a dream scenario for Huddersfield to get anything tomorrow, wouldn't it? It's not going to happen. Let's not kid ourselves. But as things stand, it's seven points and the games keep getting ticked off. The points difference keeps staying the same. It's Games are going to run out. As you say, they're not going to play their strongest team in these cup games. But the longer they're in the cups, the more games they do play, the more minutes in the legs. It's just Everything's crossed, isn't it? That it's going to be our year. But until it's ours, you just... You don't want to get yourself stung, do you? No, absolutely. You got to take it one at a time. But it's you, you can't help but get a little bit excited. You can't help but feel like you said that things are are bouncing our way a little more than they usually do. Uh, and and um, yeah, they're not playing their best teams, but but they still got to put men out there and they still got to put bodies out there. And that's a risk for injury, fatigue, all the things that could benefit us. Uh, it's just I don't know. I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's a crazy situation to be in. It's it's definitely a, a weird feeling to be on top, to have been on top for as long as we have, and to continue to not buckle under the pressure. We saw that today, a lot of resolve and a lot of metal, and uh, like you said, long may it continue. I know, there were, again, the commentators were saying today, I think we've, we've got the fourth best points total ever after a, in 113 years, and to still not be head and shoulders clear is so frustrating that we are doing this while we've got so many points well we've lost one game and drawn three all year and yet we're still not sailed clear it's not 
done yet. It's it should be like the way they were going last year. Nobody was near them. The title was wrapped up by now. It is just so frustrating that <laughs> they're so good at the same time that we're so good and they are still on our tails as they are. And as you say, it should be the points we've got now. We should be 10, 12 points clear, but we're not. They are what they are. They're a machine. You've just got to think they're going to keep winning. So all we can do is take it one game at a time, win. We've got a nice break now before Leicester and then you've just got to treat Leicester as the biggest game we've ever had and go for them and get the three points and, and keep going. As frustrated as we are to see them on our coattails and to see them continuing to be close and keep the gap as close as it is as well as we've been playing, it's got to be even more frustrating for them to be this good and still be this far behind. Uh, so it, it goes both ways, and the pressure is only going to start to mount, and as much pressure as is going to be on us, it's going to be on them twofold as long as they're chasing. Uh, and I'd much rather be uh, setting the pace than being the one chasing, that's for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely, yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. And yeah, you'd rather be in our position than theirs any day of the week. But you just hope, not that they've even got a new manager, but Huddersfield can get a new manager bounce tomorrow and pick up something from the game. But more than wishful thinking, I think that, isn't it? Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely, Billy. You, you got to be positive and you got to keep uh, taking it one at a time and, 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 and enjoying it because this is a fun This is a fun ride, much like the Champions League last year. This is a fun ride so far this year, and hopefully uh, it continues to be this way. Uh, Mark, you know, before we wrap this up, is there anything else that you want to add or anything you want to touch on? Just long way to continue. Keep keep getting the, the free points, keep getting the wins, and... Hope along the way somewhere City slip up again and and come May we're we're all in dreamland and, and we get the job done but there's still a long way to go but just keep going keep keep most scoring keep Virgil defending and hopefully we'll get there. Absolutely, man. Like Simon says, like Simon Brundish says, man, beat the dross, win the league. Let's just keep doing that. Keep plugging away. Mark, you got anything to plug, my man? Uh, I haven't done anything for a while, but just in general, the Anfield Index channel has been fantastic lately. Some great content on there. The Under Pressure Boys do their thing week in, week out, which is fantastic. The King and AI is well worth a listen. What a coup that is to have our biggest ever legend on every week talking about the Reds. doesn't get any better than that. I couldn't agree with you more, man. It's uh, it's better than we deserve. Anfield Index channel is definitely better than we deserve. But for, for me, myself, from the Anfield rant, from Mark, from everybody at Anfield Index, thanks a lot for listening, and up the fucking Reds. <laughs>